you can take it. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2 today, uh, verses 8 through 10. And we're kind of taking a break for today from our series, Live Like You Were Dying, and just simply to take a look at what are you worth. And I thought this might be just sort of a, a good subject to cover as we were talking about Labor Day, and just to talk about the value of people, uh, to talk about, you know, what is our value, what's really important in life. And I think I can give you kind of a good example of this is in, on April 14th, 19, I think it's 1912, the, the unsinkable ship did was it, what it wasn't supposed to do. It went down. It was the Titanic. It ran into an iceberg, and within four hours, ended, it ended up going underwater. Well, in that process, or during that time, there were uh, lifeboats that were put out all over the place. Y'all might remember Leonardo DiCaprio. He was in one of them. And so there's all these lifeboats, and this part, though, is true. By the way, I'm not even in my notes here. How many of y'all saw the movie Titanic? How many of you were excited when it finally went down? I was like, good grief, go down and just go ahead and die. But anyway, uh, in, the, uh, in the real story of Titanic, there was a lady that was in the lifeboat, and she got in the lifeboat, and she left something in her room that she really needed. And so she, she told herself, I've got to go back to my room and grab something, and they told her, they said, we're leaving in three minutes. We're not going to wait any longer. So she jumped out of the lifeboat. As she was running back to her room, she ran through the ballroom and the casino area, and there was money all over the floor. Uh, when she was going into her room, she had her jewelry that was lying on the floor. She had diamond rings and some necklaces that were on the ground. What she ended up grabbing as she went into her room were three oranges. And she left everything else behind and ran back and hopped onto the lifeboat. Now, that story is a really good picture of whenever you are faced with mortality, whenever you begin to understand that life doesn't last forever, it just sort of clears up your vision about what's really important and what really has value in life. When you're faced with death, oranges going to be a whole lot better than diamonds and cash. Now, in your life, the question is, and in my life, is what's important? You know, where is value in my life? Does my life have value? And if it does have value, what is it that gives me value in my living? And I think that typically the way we define it or find out if we're valuable or not is we determine that by what kind of a job we have or how much money we make or how many people know us and, and things of that nature. And I'm not saying that any of those things in and of themselves are bad things. But guys, I want you to know today as we celebrate Labor Day, it's not where your value is. Your value is not in those things. And the reason why is because those things are temporary. They don't last forever. Uh, James 4.14 says, Why you did not even know what will happen tomorrow? It says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so with that in mind, my hope for you today is that you will think about what is it that brings me value? Is, is there anything in life or is there anything that I can count on that's going to make sure that I'm worth something regardless of circumstances? And the good news for today is I think that our text is going to give us that answer. And what we're going to find out today in our text is that the one who gives us value is Jesus. Now we're going to see how he does that in our text in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8, in just a few moments. 
But a little background is the scripture was written by the Apostle Paul. When he wrote it, he was in prison. He was writing it to the church in Ephesus, and he was emphasizing from the very beginning that the wealth and the riches that they had that came through Jesus. In chapter 1, in verses 7 and 8, uh, Paul wrote this. He said, in him, meaning Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Now that's what God offers us, and yet many of us spend our time going after the things that we think that give us value, the things of this world, and, and they can make you feel good for a while, but they're all just so temporary. And so I think that's why it's in this book that Paul's trying to encourage us to seek after the lasting riches of God, to seek after God, because He is the one who provides value. And so today, if you wonder, do I have value? I want you to know you do. And we're going to see a very, two, just two reasons today, very simple reasons why you are valuable as a person. And the first reason why that you have value is because, very simply, of God's grace. You have value, you have worth because of who God is, not because necessarily of who you are. Now look with me in verses 8 and 9. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works, not by what you do, so that no one can boast. Now if you don't have those verses underlined in your Bible, just a little encouragement for you, you ought to underline those two verses, because uh, they, they show your value, and they show where your value comes from. You know, if, if you're going to invest in something, one thing you want to do is you want to invest in something that you know is going to pay dividends. You know, something, I'm, I'm investing in this because I know it's a good investment. I know that there's a, a payback here. I know that there's stability here. Now, if you came to me and said, listen, I, I've got a good idea for a new business venture, and I think that eight-track tapes are going to make a comeback, and, you know, we ought to invest in that, that's, and I know some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But let me tell you something. If you're going to invest in that, that's, that's not going to be a moneymaker. And so you want to make sure that what you invest in is something that's worthwhile. Now, as you think about investing, I, I think it's always good just to ask yourself, are you worth investing in? You know, am, am I, on my own, do I have so much value on my own that I am a worthy cause to invest in? And here's my, and give me a chance to explain, but here's my first answer. We're not very good investments on our own. You're, you're not either, by the way. Not just me, but you're not a good investment on your own either. You say, well, that's, that's I'm a little offended by that. Well, that's okay, you know, because I'm including myself here. But the reason why we're not worthy on our own of being an, an, an investment is because on our own, is, we're temporary. You know, I mean, we, we live and then we die. You know, I want, and, and on top of that, it's, life's real uncertain. So some of y'all are going to live longer than other people. And so it's really not that good of an investment, and, and we're not that good of an investment either because of what we naturally produce. You know, what, what, what do we naturally produce in our lives? Well, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. In our nature, we fail God. Uh, Romans 6.23 tells us the payment for that. It says, And the wages of sin is death. And so you can hear that, and you might say, well, are you telling me that I'm worthless or that I don't have any value? 
Now, I'm just saying that on your own, you're not worth investing in. But when you allow yourself to be under the charge of Jesus, whenever you surrender your life to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you, then guys, God gives you indescribable value in your life. It's not because you earn it, it's because he gives it to you. And the Bible tells us in verse number 8 that that is called, it's grace. For you are saved by grace, not by what you do, you are saved by the grace of God. And I think for a lot of us, the concept of grace is difficult. It's hard to understand for us because we feel like that we have to earn everything that we've got. You know, if I, if I have this, it's because I went out and I earned it. Now that's a good, maybe that might be a good way to, that might be a good credo to live by in the business world, but when it comes to the spiritual world, it doesn't work. Now why does it work? Because your efforts and my efforts on their own, they're not so good that God looks at us and say, he's impressed me so much that I'm going to give him grace. He's impressed me so much that I'm going to allow him to be in my family. That I'm going to allow him to have heaven. Verse number 9 tells us even that our works aren't ever good enough to where, to where we just simply impress God. And he says, oh, this is my guy. Now, you got, now, I know my first response when I hear that is, okay, if I can never do enough to earn God's favor and his grace, then I quit. I mean, you know, what's the point? If I can't do enough, then why should I even try doing and it can be a very frustrating proposition whenever you begin to think, I can't earn God's good favor. But there's actually some good news in this. You know what that good news is? Is that means that my value is not, and your value is not dependent on you. Your value is not dependent upon how impressive you are. Now that's great news for me. Because I, I can live under a lot of stress if I'm constantly trying to perform for God to win Him over. But I'm not responsible for my value. God is. And if you're, if you're a person who says, I, I know there are some of you, and you feel like that you're, the, you're always the responsible one. You know, and, and tip, I know in our family, the one who feels like that, that's my wife, Emily. You know, I'm just sort of like, it's going to all work out. And so she's like, well, I'm going to, i got to make sure it does. And so she feels under pressure. You know, she's a responsible one. And I know there are times in her life when she thinks, it would be nice for once if everything didn't depend upon me making it happen. Any of y'all ever feel that way? Wouldn't it be nice just for a day if I just wasn't responsible for anything? Now, I've got my wife fooled. I just let her feel that way, but I got everything under control. Right? But you know, the, the fact is, there's a lot of us who are just, we're ready for a break. This is a break for you right here, spiritually. You're not responsible. God is. You don't earn little stars to where God says He's finally good enough. So you must say, what does that mean for me? It means that you can't do enough to earn God's good favor. And then conversely, it also means that you can never do enough bad things to where all of a sudden you are in God's disfavor. This is a great stress relief. And if you become a follower of Jesus, what you discover is that God will give you things that you don't deserve. You just have to begin to trust Him. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. You see, when you lean on God, when you are willing to trust Him, God's going to give you stuff you don't deserve. What does He give us? Joy. Forgiveness. Heaven. Is it because we earned it? Nope. It's because He's gracious. He gives grace. You're valuable because God gives grace. Let me try to give you a picture of grace. I, I read in this mag Progress magazine a story about Billy Graham. This is years ago. And he was driving to, to speak at a church, and he was going through a small town, and he got pulled over for speeding. I love that right there. Billy Graham gets pulled over by the, you know, by the police. So he gets pulled over. He gets a ticket. So he goes to court. He stands for the judge. And the judge says, I have to fine you. And he tells him what the fine is. And he says, now, it has to be paid. So Graham pulled out his checkbook. And the judge knew who he was. And he admired his ministry. He said, the fine has to be paid. He said, but I'm going to pay it. And he paid his fine. He was so excited that it was Billy Graham. They end, he ended up taking him out for a steak dinner. That never happens to me. Okay? Now, uh, the neat thing is that Billy Graham said this. He said, it was a great picture for me of how God treats people. That when we trust Him, when we repent, it says, God, He said, God ends up giving us that which we don't deserve. What does God give? He gives grace. He gives life. He gives joy. Man, He gives us, He gives us the opportunity not to, to stress out about impressing Him because He says, I give you my grace and I love you not because of what you've done, but because of who I am. Now, a lot of people wonder, does my life have value? Does my life have purpose? Does it have meaning? And it does. And it does because of God's grace. But also, whenever I look into our text, I see that our lives also have value because of God's work in us. And that, no, that's important. It's God's work in us. It's not our work it's what God does in us that gives us value. Uh, verse number, let's see, verse number 10. It says, for we are his creation. Uh, other versions of the Bible say we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of, ahead of time so that we should walk in them. I really believe that as we live life, that most people in general, we, we want our lives to matter. We want to feel like that, that we are living in such a way that we are going to achieve, that we have purpose and meaning in what we do. And I want you to know that God created you to do things. God created you on purpose. Verse number 10 says you are his creation. Again, another word is you are his workmanship. There are, I really believe this, God has put you here for a reason to do things. He didn't just put you here and say, I, I don't know what this guy's going to do, but I thought it would be fun just to create another guy. He created you on purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 is an oft-quoted verse, a verse, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you hope, and a future. This was addressed to the Hebrew people. In Jeremiah chapter 1, though, it says that before the foundations of the world were set, God knew you. 
And he's not just talking to Jeremiah. He's speaking to people, to us. God knew who you were before you ever, ever came into existence. Is that crazy? Psalm 139 says that God made you. He knew what you were or who you were when you were inside your mother's womb. Now that's important to know. It's important to know because of what the world tells us. And here's what the world teaches us. The world teaches us that life is an accident. Yeah, it, just, it came about by an accident. And so, you know, we came crawling out of this primordial ooze. And, and you can believe that or not believe that. But if you believe that, let me tell you where that leads you. It leads you back to the beginning, which means you are an accident. And that your life, it really ultimately doesn't have meaning. It's just, you know, it just sort of happened. And here we are. And another thing that can happen is because of that, we say, well, then everything that I get is something that I have to earn. Everything that I have has come about very simply because of me. Now, that's not very inspiring, for one. But boy, whenever, whenever you have that viewpoint, and it leads you to conclude my life doesn't really have value. That type of thinking is... It's, it's, not, it's not correct. It's, it's not correct according to Scripture. The Bible says God is the one who created us. And whenever God created us, He created us for purpose. What was, what's our purpose? I'm going to stick to the text. There's a lot of things that we can look at where God's, God's looking for us to worship Him. But I also see in our text today, if you look in verse number 10, that God created us for good works. God created you and I, you and me, to do things that would point people to Him. And if God created you for a purpose, that means that God will enable you to fulfill the purpose for which He made you. Now, what, it's, it's not what you do that gives you value. It's the one who's working in you that gives you value. It is God working in you that allows your life to have value and have meaning, to have purpose. James said it well in James 2, 17 and 18. He said, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. What does that mean? It means whatever God is in you, a natural byproduct of Him being in you, is this going to change how you live. You're going to produce good works in your life. Now, your works don't make you valuable, but when God, when you were touched by Jesus, you can't stay the same. When you're touched by Jesus, you, you're going to do good things. You're going to be a per person of service because that's what God does in you. The Creator gives you value. And this is true in all, just about every area of life. I, I like to go, I, go, I like to look at cars. And I like to, it's fun to go to car dealerships. You know, I'm one of the guys that will go in and salesmen hate me because I'm not going to buy a car. I'm just here to look. And it doesn't matter what kind of car, all new cars are great. I mean, they, they, their paint jobs are good. You sit inside of one, don't you like that smell? You know, you get in the car and say, oh, this is smell, it smells so good. And, and it's, they're clean. You know, because if you sit in your own car after a while, I mean, you know, stuff kind of piles up, right? And, uh, and we pick up right now, I pick up my son from football practice, and so I'm like, I, I'm, uh, I own stock in Febreze. I'm like, good. And for those of you football parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's awful. So you get into a new car, and you're like, man, this is great. I'm, I'm going to buy it. Now, 
But here's what I've learned. I've learned just because something's new does not mean that it's always good. Yeah, and it might smell good and look good, but when I'm, I'm buying a car, it matters to me who the maker is. Because if the maker has a good reputation, then the natural byproduct of that is the car runs well. Okay, same thing is true in our spiritual lives. Those of us who are believers, as we, we, have, we have been touched by God, we have trusted God with our lives, and God comes in and begins to work in us, and a natural byproduct of that is that we begin to produce good things in our lives. That's what happens when Jesus touches us, when he touches you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a, says, a new creation. The old junk in your life, the old you, it says it goes away, and the new comes. Now, some of you can look at that and say, you know what, um, my life's not running too well. I look at some of the things that my life is producing, and it's not necessarily producing good stuff. Well, that very well could be because you need to re-examine who your maker is. You know, what brand do you have on? Do you have the brand? Are you branded by Jesus or are you branded by the world? If you're branded by Jesus, the way you run and live will be different. If you're branded by the world, you're not going to have these things that Scripture talks about in your life. You see, God's made us to function in a certain way, and when we don't, it's, it's frustrating. It's not satisfying. When God touches you, you're different. There's a famous actor that was um, quoting some parts. He was at a, a dinner party, and he was quoting some excerpts from different plays and poems, and people would ask him, hey, do you know this one? And he would quote it, and so everybody's real impressed. And there's a preacher there. And the preacher uh, said, hey, would you quote the 23rd Psalm? And the actor said, I'll do it. He said, here's the deal. He said, you have to do it after me. And so I was, okay, that's, that's fine. And so the actor quoted the 23rd Psalm, and he did it. You know, he, he spoke with great eloquence and had great commanding presence. And when he finished, everybody applauded. And said, that's really good. And so there was a pastor's turn. The pastor was an elderly man, and he stood up, and he, he quoted the 23rd Psalm. And his voice wasn't as strong as the actor's. And after many years of preaching, his voice was kind of gravelly. And, and he didn't have great stage presence. But when he was finished, people were moved. And there were some people that had tears in their eyes. And a man was sitting next to the actor. And he said, his responses were different. He said, what was, what was the difference? And the actor looked at him and he just smiled. And he said, it's pretty simple. He said, I know the psalm. He said, but he knows the shepherd. Because there is a big difference between knowing the psalm and knowing the shepherd. You see, the shepherd, Jesus, has a plan for your life. He, he has given your life value. And when you know him and you serve him, there's so much freedom there. To be able to relax in your living knowing that my life belongs to God. When you don't know the shepherd, uh, there's, there's, there's stress there. And you try to live to perform all the time, and it wears you out. And guys, as believers, those of you who are believers, God has called you to live knowing that your life has value because we have a world that needs to know that there's a God who has a plan for them. That there's a God who has life and hope in store for them when they trust Him. Does your life have value? Does my life have value? It does. 
Not because of what I've done. Not because of who I am. It's because of God's grace. And it's because God's working in us. We have value because of grace and because of what God does inside of us.